Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And today, we have two very special guests to talk about a list that has torn apart the basketball world. Uh, it has gotten people all up in arms. We have Gerald Brown and Mitch Lawrence here to get us on the straight and narrow. BJ, we did our top 25 the last time we spoke, and today we're going to decompress and break down this list. Ooh. But first and foremost, Gerald and Mitch, thank you for joining Pushing Through. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for having Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's an honor. It's an honor to be with you guys and again get a chance to hang out with my man Mitch Lawrence. You know, the Mitch is the legend. I call him the old cowboy. <laughs> so it's a pleasure. And always hanging with BJ, who looks like he's uh Benjamin Button. So You're right. Know. He can still play. Yeah. Well, Mitch, <laughs> Gerald, we're gonna you know, extend our pleasantries before the show starts. Thank you, both of you, for coming on. But we got to get into it. We got this top 75, as, as Mitch you reminded us, it's really 76. Yes. So let's get into it. Let's jump right into it, because here is real basketball. And right now, we calling this show, <laughs> we calling our list over here. Real basketball is over here. None of this narrative... <laughs> None of this worried about like, you know, what's going to, who's saying what. There are no sponsors. This is real basketball. and we're, There are no publicists no involved here. We're just talking real basketball. <laughs> and we got one word, respect. <laughs> so Mitch, Gerald, let's get after it. Because right now I'm pushing through. We're going to get into it. It, and we can start, you know, quite simply. So the list, you know, the 50 names that were announced in 1996, they all stay on the list. BJ and I were very happy about this. Mitch, Gerald, uh, I'll, I'll start there. Are you guys okay with that? Are you, are you okay with the original top 50 staying where they were and then adding 25 from there? I'm generally okay with it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have okay. mind seeing a couple guys come off. And I'm probably the oldest mm. one here, and I saw everybody play in the 60s. I mean, I was a kid, but... It wouldn't have bothered me if Jerry Lucas would have come off or even Dave DeBusher, and I'm a Nick fan from way back mm. in the day. I mean, those were great players, don't get me wrong. But even, you know, they're like on their teams, they were third and fourth options. Now, Jerry Lucas, after Cincinnati, I'm talking about when he was with the Knicks, he was like the fourth option. And DeBusher was yeah. the third most important Knicks. So on the championship teams after Willis Reed and Walt Frazier. So, yeah, but in general, it's fine. Mm. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, you got to keep the 50 on. You got to keep the 50. No, I can, you know, you can have guys come off. It doesn't, wouldn't bother me. If you have, if you have worthy candidates, and I think there are were a lot of worthy candidates since 1996. Mm. Mm. What about you, Gerald? How do you feel? Well, I'm the opposite because I think that, you know what, we live in an era where people believe that basketball first started with Michael Jordan. And I think a, we're in this space <laughs> where we tend to forget the great ones and stuff. And, I think what mm. makes matters worse is that we are all left to sort of, in a sense, try to identify what the criteria is. Is it championships? Um, what, what is the criteria? Is it scoring points? So it, it's- Is it, it all-star appearances? Yeah, is it first it, team all NBA? Yeah, it's it, a lot of a lot of arguing over what should be, right. you know, the, the barometer for this. Right, right, right. So I'm happy that, you know, there are players that were on that 50 that stayed and they decided to add 25 more. Um, but I do have some that I thought were still uh, snubbed. And um, mm. I'm really curious to get in this conversation about it because I got a lot on my mind. Well, you you know what? Well, well, I, I got to jump go right ahead, in. BJ. You know, 
Because we, we keep saying, what is the criteria? Well, we got to agree here. On this show, all of us have to agree the reason. Not why. The reason why we play the game. So what's the reason? Is it stats? Like, you know, we, we emphasize in today's game with the analytics. What is your contribution to winning? What's your contribution to winning basketball? Now, winning to me is the ultimate, uh, that's the ultimate test for who you are as a player, whether you are a star player, a role player, or anywhere in between. So for me, winning is an indication of your impact on the game. We understand there can only be one, one champion. There's only going to be one team that's going to win the final game of the season. But I think we can at least agree that winning should play a huge part in how we address this list and your impact mm. on winning basketball. Because winning does matter. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of people would come back and say, well, is Robert Horry on the list if we get to that? You know, and and that's that's the only thing that happens when, when you talk about winning, BJ. But I think you're right. The impact is what we're talking about. And impact in so many different ways. I mean, culturally, uh, you know, impact is the word. I think that is, that is the buzzword. We had 11 names, guys, that we threw out as non-negotiable. So I want to run through those 11 names and see what you got on those. Uh, we had Bob McAdoo, Dominique Wilkins, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Kevin Garnett. Those are the 11 names, keeping the top 50 that we had, getting to the next 25. Those are the 11 names that we threw out. How do you guys feel about that? We'll start with you, Mitch. Well, you ran through them real quick. Our I, I'm sorry, Mitch. Yeah, I, I, I apologize. I, I can always run back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah go back. Run them back one more time. Okay? I'm trying okay. to figure out as you're doing this. Go ahead. One yeah, more so, so we... The, the yeah. first two that we start with that we believe should have been on the top 50 list, BJ and yeah. I agreed on. So Bob McAdoo, MVP, and, put him on there. Right. And Dominique Wilkins, yep. And then and then from there, Tim Duncan, yes. Allen Iverson, right. Kobe Bryant, right. Dirk Nowitzki, yep. LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, and Kevin Garnett. Those are the 11. Okay, the only thing... The only guy you kind of might have left out, he might be on your next wave, is another back-to-back mm. MVP in Steve Nash. There have only been 13 of them in the history of the league. Now, I know Steve Nash didn't win a title, right? Yeah. And his team, in his best Phoenix teams not even got, didn't even get to a Game 7 of a Western Conference Finals. But here's one of the things. If we're going to use MVPs, all NBAs, rebounding titles, scoring titles as metrics – I think Steve Nash probably deserves to be in there. I'm not going to quibble if he's in the next wave or whatever, but you hit him, you know, the three automatics to me after the 50 from the last, since the 50 uh, year list, the three automatics since 96. LeBron one, Duncan two, Kobe three, you know, mm. basically they have to be there. They're automatics. I mean, LeBron, the argument for LeBron is he could be on Mount Rushmore with four guys. Right. Michael, LeBron, then take your pick. Kareem, Will, Kareem, Bill Russell, Kareem, Madge, you know, however you want to do it. That's how yeah. LeBron stacks up. I mean, eight straight finals with a couple of different teams is unbelievable. I have no problem at all 
with those 11. I think that's great. I think, you know, they jump off the page at you. You're going to write the history of the NBA. All those guys have to be on. Mm. What about you, Gerald? Yeah, I, I, I echo those same sentiments. And, uh, you know, I think maybe the one that might be the uh, would be Kevin Garnett. But, I mean, you can't argue with that list of individuals. I mean, uh, they're synonymous with it. The only thing is I, I have this question that's kind of in my head is the fact is that when putting this criteria out there, is it safe to say that we can put these guys on this list based upon what they have done thus far? Because I feel like sometimes if we project out like, you know, Harden and, and Durant, they've accomplished a lot, you know, but uh, what if, you know, God forbid, if their careers ended right now, just we're saying to this point that they have basically done enough that warrants them to be considered 75 of the greatest players of all time. So it's kind of like, you know, a catch 22 yeah. with me. I mean, granted, Giannis has been unbelievable, but some of these guys are still playing. So that's one of the things there, but uh, I'm also curious too. And I just want to, don't want to jump too far in advance. What about the ABA players? Ooh. You know, that, I, I, I'm, that's where I go. Mm. I want to go to ABA players. Are we penalizing the ABA yeah. players? The team always that, been yeah, penalized. That's not right. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's <laughs> not right. Let's go ahead and put some of these guys that sort of transition into the NBA. Like George McKinnis need to be talked about. But I'm going to shut my mouth oh. on that right now. Mm. But George McGinnis needs to be talked about, especially of his accomplishments. And like I said before, the ABA players. Because if we're going to talk about the 75 greatest players, let's include the ABA well, players. Well, here, well. we want to make sure that we are including anyone and everyone that's picked up a ball. We said the NBA, which is synonymous with the greatest players. ABA, NBA, FIBA Wherever, playground, Rucker Park, we are saying we want the greatest players to ever play, okay? Now, if we are in agreement with that 11 on the list, our next criteria is what Tate and I said was everyone who has won an MVP since 1946 should be on the list. And that, and those names are Tate, Roll them off. Yeah, so so we pick up from there, and Jared already brought his name up. James Harden yes. is on that list, obviously MVP winner. Russell Westbrook is on that list, uh, now leads the NBA all-time in triple doubles, breaks Oscar Robertson's record. Derrick Rose is the youngest MVP in NBA history at 22. Nikola Jokic wins MVP last year, and we talked about projecting. He's played two more years than Shaq did when Shaq got put on the 1996 list, so Jokic could be in consideration there. And then Steve Nash, who Mitch brought up, a two-time back-to-back MVP um, and a guy who impacted the way basketball is played, really, at this level with him and D'Antoni in that offense. So those are the next guys that we had in the list because they all win the ultimate prize, individual prize of most five. And that takes us to 16 on the list. Gentlemen, go right ahead. Well, the only thing, and we've talked about, Gerald and I have talked about this, the only the only one that I would have, and it's not a problem, maybe it is, but is Derek Rose. Because, look, I'm not disputing the fact that I think he and Wes Sunselt were actually the youngest to win the MVP. And Wes Sunselt, by yeah. the way, is like one of the only guys to be a rookie of the year and an MVP. So when you hear people today say, why was Wes Sunselt on the list? He's got that. <laughs> Derek Rose, I mean, Derek Rose was on a – no doubt Hall of Fame and maybe top 75 traje- trajectory. The problem is yeah. 
the body of MVP work was really limited, unfortunately, because of injuries. So it's nice that he's included. I think it's nice because I think we all think he could might have been, who knows, maybe a now he's playing in the age of LeBron, but he might have been a multiple MVP winner. You don't know. And, mm. you know, maybe he would have gotten Chicago over the hump at one point, too. So it's good to see. And I'm glad Jokic is on there because it was really weird for me to see the list come out. And basically, Jokic is really not even talked about as being snubbed. It was really Dwight Howard, you're it all about, which is absolutely true. He should have been on it. And Clay Thompson, even before Jokic, who is an MVP. So, mm. and, 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 you know, Gerald raised a good point. Let's say Jokic suffered a catastrophic injury tomorrow. He would have one MVP, be a lot like Derrick Rose. He'd have one MVP, he's led his team to one conference finals, albeit in a bubble. Then you got to grapple with, should we still put him on this list? But I think everything about him suggests if he's injury-free going on out, he's gonna, he, he, should be, he should be on some sort of list because he might be able to take that team to a title and get some more MVP considerations. He's only, I think, 26 years old. Well, well Mitch, yep. here, here is – here is my argument. Should we consider who had the best NBA career or what we're trying to establish the greatest NBA Point. players? Right, right. Now, right. if you're saying so, NBA career, you, you, you have to include Vince Carter would have to be in that list. Vince would Carter have would have to be on the list. If you're saying NBA yeah. career, but no one can take away the impact of Jokic is without question, without question, all right? If we all looked at the game since 1946, Jokic is somewhere in the top two or three passing centers of all time, regardless of whether his career ended tomorrow, the next day, no one can take that away. Here's I told you, man. Gerald. I told no you No one can take that away. Now, if no, you want to no, say career, see, but, but, let's have another list. But if you're saying yeah, player, player, if yeah. you're saying player, he is on the list because no one can dispute this man and his impact on the game of basketball mm -hmm. as is currently right now. Mm -hmm. Well, all that I'll say this in regards to Jokic is the fact that the matter is some of those MVPs. And like I said before, if that's going to be the criteria, I'm cool with it. However, you're right, BJ. You know, listen, Jokic, unbelievable passer, hands down, one of the best big man passers of all time. But do you do understand that that was an era prior to him that those big men were not passing unless they were passing out of the double teams? They were not, in a sense, facilitating the offense, which he does. I look at what he did last year was very incredible. But let's be clear and honest. If James Harden stays healthy, if Joel Embiid stays healthy, if LeBron James stays healthy, these guys would have been way ahead of Nikola Jokic. Even CP3, which my friend Mitch Lawrence has advocated, thought he should have been even an MVP. Now, when we look at Jokic and say, okay, the eye test. Granted, I look at his career thus far, and it's still in the process of uh, happening. But then I'm saying to myself, what about a guy like Chris Webber? Mm. You know, Grant, you we know, can, I'm we just can, saying, mm. we're going to get to that. What we're doing is we're looking at errors and understanding that the big men in today's game is more of a facilitator shooting from the perimeter where they were in an era that you played. Now, you know, doggone well, Bill Cartwright get the ball down on the post. <laughs> what he doing? He's not going behind his back and alley. You no, let's be clear about that. So that's my only argument about that. 
for every individual, you can counter that. And especially with Jokic, I can say Chris Webber, before that injury and what he did with Sacramento, we're seeing Jokic right now, they don't look like the same team without Jamal Murray. As great as he may be, he's still a player that I think won that MVP by default. Mm. Mm. But he wanted. So there you but have he it. Wanted. But he won it. Come but, on, but he won it. Come on. Don't make me pull, pull my collar. Pull your collar up because you, you, you can say opinion. The fact remains he won it. That's a fact. And the best ability is availability. The best ability okay, is availability. He, hey, he, he can't. He cannot. That's nothing he can do about the availability of the other guys. This, this is why when you do win the MVP, you take into consideration that that's not by luck. It requires mm-hmm. it requires not only the physical ability, mentally. What is your mental ability to be able to concentrate for 82 games in a season? And availability means something. If you're going to be an MVP and you're only there half of the time, then th- that's not his fault. That's not his fault. So... so- no, I'm, I'm not saying that's not his fault, but you can always use the same argument like was used, Mitch, when we talked about Steve Nash being a two-time MVP. We all know that one of those MVPs should have been somebody else, especially with that people with Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal won one MVP. Is that the most ridiculous, ridiculous thing in the history league anyway? Yes. <laughs> but it's a different era where the big man now plays more on the perimeter. And he is the poster child of that for all the great accomplishments, him, Dirk Nowitzki, and whatever he's been able to do, being that sort of quote-unquote facilitator. Mm. So that's why I say that what he's doing now, you know, let's be honest, when you play BJ, what would he be? He would be a power forward that face up, plays with his back to the basket, and scores. He wouldn't be doing all. He'd be perhaps maybe Vlade Divac. And I mean that no slight. Jokic? Yes. He'd be a better version of Vlade Divac in that era. He's more of a facilitator. But when you look at him and Chris Webber, who are you taking on the eye test? We'll get to that. Denver's struggling without Jamal Murray. (laughs) They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs and advanced without Jamal Murray. No, no, no. In the Western Conference. In the Western Conference. They had bad losses. Bad losses. Mm. He didn't put that book bag he, on and say, come on. Fella, he did I'm it. Gonna take us he to the did that. Man. He did beat Dame Lillard, who was on the top he 75 did that. list in he the playoffs. He advanced. He advanced <laughs> in the playoffs without one of the best players who hasn't been named an all-star yet. Jamal Murray, for okay. all intents and purposes, purposes, is an all-star. An all-star caliber mm. player. And he not only advanced, not only made the playoffs, he advanced. That is a true, true star. Now, in order to complete the task, you, you got to have some players there, and you don't just take a you don't just take of a course. Jamal Murray off the team and still win an NBA Finals. It's like that one year in Chicago where we lose Michael Jordan and we still go to Game Seven. Like, how does that look? Like, come on. I mean, give the guy, give the guy Giannis. I mean, uh, Jokic some credit. He put the book back on. He I'm had an MVP. He loses Jamal Murray and still wins an MVP. Mm. But here's, here's my thing. We all understand it. Let's say, let's sit up here. Okay. And it's obviously ifs. 
But we can clearly all agree upon the fact is if Harden, oh. if MB were all healthy, Javi, we want to keep saying if. Let's just let's. And, <laughs> this and is I test. The... If you eliminate no. their MVP, is he better or is he on the same platform with a Chris Webber? Did he win the MVP? <laughs> Did he win the MVP? Gerald Brown. Did he win it? And if Chris Webber, who is my man from Detroit, did Chris Webber. Double-double he, machine. He's the king of the double-double. Did he win an MVP? 20 and 10 every night. Did he win an MVP? Let's get right down to it. Right. Did he win it? And that's also why Garnett was in that first 11, because Garnett wins an MVP as well. So that 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 sort of was his – that was what bumped him up in that next level. So we, we got nine we got nine names that BJ and I decided on, and I'm going to run through these nine names. That gets us to 25, and then we can talk about names that aren't there uh, and, and figure it out from there. Um, so starting off, Bernard King, St. Bernard, is on our, our top 75. So Bernard King comes in. The A-Train, Artis Gilmore is a part of our top 75 list. So he he gets added. Gary Payton, the glove, is a part of the top 75. Gary Payton is on the list. Jason Kidd, uh, you know, the impact player to say the least. Jason Kidd could control a game himself. He's on the list. Reggie Miller, um, the three-point shooter specialist, is on the list. Arvidas Sabonis is on the list. BJ believes that Arvidas Sabonis is one of the best bigs of all time. I can't argue against that. Ralph Sampson is on the list. Uh, B.J. Armstrong. Uh, again, we're talking about greatest basketball players ever. Another name, Lynn Bias, is on the list. Uh, B.J. saw in person and, and impact. Number two pick, Boston Celtics. And then the final name that we put on the list, we talk about culture, impact, things like that. Yao Ming uh, was the last name that we had in our top 75. Uh, names not on the list that we had in consideration. Spencer Haywood, uh, Chris Mullen, Chris Weber, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. I mean, you start going down the list. Dennis uh, obviously, Johnson, Chris Paul not on there. Dennis Joe Johnson, Dumars. Uh, Joe Dumars. Yeah, a lot of big, a lot Dwight of names. Howard. Uh, we could put him. Yes. you know, and, and just Gerald, a personal favorite. Just let you know, I'm not biased. The Sugar Man should have been on the 76. <laughs> Sugar Man yes. should have been on the 76. My, Michael Ray Richardson is number okay. 76. You know, Andrew <laughs> Tony should have been in consideration. I don't know if he should have been on the list, but he should have been in consideration. The Boston Strangler. Okay? There's some great players out here. This wasn't easy. No. Alex, yeah. uh, uh, Alex English should have been yes. considered on the yeah. list. Yeah. Right. Okay? You know, yeah. so this wasn't okay. easy. Those are a lot of interesting names. I mean, we, we, you know, just talking to BJ the other day and he brought up Arvidas Sabonis, who we saw. I think you played against him. I played against, I played against Arvidas. When he was a younger guy um, and he came to the NBA, he was still very good, but you could just tell what he had lost because of the Achilles stuff. Ralph Sampson is another guy. I mean, what I like about your list is that you've kind of hit guys who, you know, the other 75, the NBA 76 didn't take because of various reasons, because, right. you know, you saw these guys at a different, different era. Um, it was Bernard King. And who was the second name? I wrote it down real quick. Our artist, artist Gilmore. Gilmore. Now that's your ABA guy there, Gerald. Yeah. Right. He was down the ABA yeah, before I mean, he went to yeah. the Bulls. So that's good to see. And, you know, he gets, he, he, he kind of falls through the crack, you know, yeah. of, of his, in his era with all the great bigs of that era, Artis Gilmore falls through the cracks a lot, but I agree. Um, 
there are a lot of intriguing names. I love the East Bay Oakland duo of Gary Payton and Jason Kidd. Yes, yes. What I think is for two guys to be growing up, and for J- Jason Kidd was a guy who was tutored by Gary's father, and who had to basically play against Gary, and Gary taught him the, a lot of the ropes. To have two guys from that background make it to this list, I think, is a tremendous accomplishment. And I talked to Jason about that when I went, went out to Mavs camp, and I thought he was automatic to make it because taking those Nets teams to back-to-back finals was incredible. And then incredible, incredi- incredible, and he finished second once in the MVP, could have won it over Duncan. And, and then to have – you know, the thought of Gary Payton, he thought that would just be so great. And it's just, it's kind of neat to see two guys who grew up as kids who ascended. You don't see that in a lot of things. So that's mm. cool. But, you know, there are other, real quick, and I'll, I'll, I'll yield the floor. There are a couple of guys who I looked at talent-wise who I covered in the league who weren't going to make this list anytime, anyhow, because of various problems. Roy Tarpley nope. was a guy who I covered in Dallas when he mm. first came in the league. And he was the sixth man award winner in 88, succumbed to a dreadful cocaine problem, but what a talent. Yes. Derek Coleman. Mm. A phenomenal Derek Coleman, yes. Talent. Right, BJ? Mitch, phenomenal Mitch. talent who incredible. Who just did not really like basketball or love basketball. And I covered the Nets when he played for Chuck Daly. And that guy could have been, if he had a little bit of the Kobe Bryant gene in him or other people who really cared more about winning and performing, he might have been an all-time player. You ask any, you ask Charles Barkley about anybody. everybody. And you know it's funny? One thing, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. There was a point during the Lakers, I don't know if it was run, in the, last year or the run in the bubble, where Barkley said at one point, we was talking about Anthony Davis, and he said, you know who Anthony Davis reminds me of, guys? And they were like, oh, he said, Derek Coleman. He said, because his thing is that Anthony Davis doesn't care enough, as he should, with his all of his ability and his size and his skills, athleticism. But he said, guys, Derek Coleman, and I'm going to paraphrase, for him was just like the biggest, if you want to call it a waste of talent, or the biggest thing of, of a guy who should have been much better than he was, but he just didn't care. Enough. Well, Mitch, you know that type of game. BJ, you played against. I I grew up with Derek. I grew up with with Derek. I grew up with Derek. And those are those are two guys. And I'll throw Mark Aguirre in as a third, a phenomenal talent too. Ended up his career in in Detroit. We all know about his career, but especially Tarpley and Derek Coleman was off the charts in terms of a talent. But you know, you got to have a lot more than just talent to to make it right. really big, to make it onto this list. Yes. And, and I just want to just say this about Derek Coleman. You know, Derek Coleman is a dear friend, a dear, dear friend. And I had the, the luxury of, he was a little bit behind me and we saw Derek Coleman coming up behind Roy Tarpley. Roy Tarpley is like a couple years older than me. Right. And then Derek Coleman comes. Derek Coleman is without question probably the greatest talent to come out of the city of Detroit with without a lot question. of time. Okay. <laughs> Derek Coleman played in the era with Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, uh, you know, was Tim Duncan and Powerful. Chris, yeah. uh, Chris Weber and Rasheed Wallace and Kevin Garnett. Derek Coleman is perhaps better than all of them. Okay. He, he, he yeah. had that mm-hmm. much talent with, without question. And yeah. 
a lot of times where you go matters in this league. You know, we look at guys at talent and we think we can just drop them off. There aren't many players that come into this league who we refer to as standalone players, where you just drop a Jordan off. It didn't matter where he went. But Derek Coleman is without question a Hall of Fame talent. And for whatever the reason, I saw him play against Charles Barkley and Carvalone, and those guys couldn't do anything with him. Without question. Mm -hmm. Without yep. question. And he is that, and I would tell him all the time, I said, he, you're one of the top 50 players of all time with without question. And I'm glad you brought him up because he is one of my favorite people, first of all. And he's one of my favorite players because of when you say a talent, Bounce his name. Point, right? Yeah, he is just a talent of talents. And um, that's why I always say the greatest player. We haven't seen him yet because there are so many players that have this level of talent. And for whatever the reason may be, right. it didn't happen for him. Mm. Gerald, any any names that come out to you? I know we talked about you know some of the Chris Paul, Dwight Harris, or, or, but some of the ABA guys as well um, that that didn't make our final twenty five here. Well, you know, um, one that I think that, like I said, George McGinnis. Mm. You know, you got Roger Brown. Some of those uh, unbelievable talented ABA players. Then thinking about some of these guys like Bobby Dandridge. Uh, Mitch did mention Mark Aguirre. Uh, I'm going to throw in a guy that, you know, again, if you want to stay relevant times, Mitch Richmond, you know, if you look at some of his body of work and what Mitch was able to do is comparable to some of these guys that's in that other 25. And then I'm going to throw one out that um, if we're looking at it and say, yeah, his body of work, maybe it was good, complete injuries, whatever. I might have to say Penny Hardaway, mm. you know, uh, Penny, I've always said and felt like, what he did was at such an accelerated pace that he didn't have the longevity because of the injuries. But it's kind of like with Ralph Sampson, where you just saw the talent. And he was able to do everything, you know, second year in the leagues, first team all NBA and just all those things. But it just happened so fast as opposed to a certain amount of time and stuff. And, um, yeah, even Mark Aguirre, like I said before, Aguirre, where some of these dudes – where I was a ball boy coming in, I was like, oh, these dudes is on fire. And like you mentioned, Alex English. Like, how do you score 25,000 points in the NBA and you don't get any recognition? Mm. That's that, that's the thing. You know, you can say, oh, they played out West. Well, no, I mean, 25,000 points is 25,000 points. And this guy wasn't dunking. He wasn't doing Clyde Drexler, Dominique, and all this other stuff. He had a basic game. And I watched him one night. Watched him close up. And this man was fundamental. Mm. And you look up, oh, he's got 25. So those are the guys right there. Mm. I like those names. I mean, there, there's a lot of this when BJ and I were talking about it, where a guy might not make the top 75, but he's a guaranteed top 100 guy. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, And that that's the hard part as you parse through this, who gets the, the bump up to the 75 when you know that they're going to be recognized in the top 100. Um, like some of the names you mentioned, some of the Dwayne Wades, Carmelo, you know, some of those guys, I would say more in the top 100, maybe than the top 75, but I understand and, and, and appreciate their careers. Cause that's the other part of this conversation, right? I mean, it does come with a certain level of, you know, you put someone here, you might be putting someone down, but that's what BJ brought it back to respect. We're trying to have the conversation with the respect and a reverence for the game. And, uh, th that's our top 25 BJ. We did it. I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like Mitch and Gerald, is there any last words you have for us as we talk about this list? Anything else you want to throw out? Yeah, you know what? I just wanted to throw this out because um, here's the thing where we're going on guys' career accomplishments and their body of work. And my thing about it is, as I said before, 
when you do these lists, like the 50 greatest players in the 75, you're looking at a pace like I think BJ and I were talking about the other night. I, I mentioned to BJ, I said, hey, look, John Morant is coming. He was like, oh, no, John Morant, you late to the party. But if John Morant, just an individual, if he goes on to surpass a lot of those things, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to wait maybe, what, another 25 years and stuff. That's why I said some of those guys that's on this list now that still their body of work is still incomplete, I think it's unfair to put them on the list as opposed to guys whose careers are over mm -hmm. and we can go back and forth and judge it as opposed to guys that's body of work is still being developed. Like what happens if John Morant or uh, some of these other guys that are up and coming, Trey Young, just for example, like what are we going to do? We're going to wait 25 years and then say, oh, no, and then we're going to take this person off. So it's just really, yeah. really interesting when they start putting guys on these lists who are still playing. Yeah, and Clay Thompson will be 55, 56 the next time that we, we do the top 100 list. You know what I mean? He'll make it. He'll make it. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure he'll, he'll make it. I mean, we left off some good players. I mean, Ray yeah, Allen, you know, Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill. You know, we left off some really good players. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people, I saw Ben Wallace's name uh, coming out there. Um, you know, one of my favorites was Dennis Johnson. I mean, I really struggled mm -hmm. without having DJ on the list. You know, um, I, I just thought he was a phenomenal. I caught him late in his career, but you could tell he was, you know, just the respect that he had throughout the league, the way he played, his impact on winning, defending, and all of the things. And you said Bird said he was the best player he ever, yeah, he ever played. Right? He yeah. ever played with, you know, um, you know, you know. The the only name that I I I, I was for the for me was Reggie Miller, and my deciding. Mm. Of Reggie was Reggie was really the player who really kind of was at the forefront, if you will, of the way the game is being played today, as far as the three point shot. And really, you're saying it was a it's a weapon. It's a it's a it's here. And Reggie was the one who kind of ushered that in, you know, for us because we didn't shoot as many threes as they're currently doing. And you know, when I but I if, if you ask me who I thought. With all respect, and I, you know, Reggie is a friend, but Joe Dumars to me was an exceptional, exceptional player. But Reggie Miller's mm. impact and the way they play, especially the way they're playing today, when you talk about Steph Curry, you got to say Reggie Miller. When you talk about Ray Allen, you had to talk about Reggie Miller. When you talk about the way the game is played, you know, Reggie Miller was really probably one of, if not the guy who ushered in this new pace and space and three point shooting. And that's if why he Joe made my top 75. The problem with guys like Joe Dumars, when you played years ago, and it's not that long ago, really, but you didn't have social media. Right. The sport was a lot different in terms of players promoting themselves. And I've known Joe Dumars since before he came into the league because the Mavericks were supposed to take him in that draft, that infamous draft, they were supposed to take him and Carl Malone. They didn't take they either. Did <laughs> so, yeah, and they paid for it. But, you know, uh, for a guy like Joe Dumars, if he were playing today, oh, right, people would be going nuts because he'd be like Clay Thompson. Right, he can get you. He, oh, he could score in bunches if he had to, although he didn't have to on that team with Isaiah Bill Ambeer, and he could lock down people defensively. Yeah, I mean, and he, that, and he right, and and but 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 back then, 
you know, it was more the teams that were marketed, not the players. And if you knew the Pistons, you knew, well, it was Isaiah and Lambeer, basically one, two, yeah. those guys. But this guy I, wins so, finals MVP, though. He wins the it, finals MVP. I know. I was there. And I'll tell you what, he, he richly deserved it. I'm not saying he didn't, but he was a finals MVP. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot. Guys come along at different times and some, t- some ways they're hurt by it. And like now – you know what everybody's doing every night because all you have to do is go on Twitter or something else and you see, oh, this guy did this. this guy. And everybody's got a brand. So, right. yeah. you know, that that's where a guy like Joe Dumars' impact isn't as great as it could be. But he, uh, yeah. if, he's, an interesting, he's an interesting study. I think if you were to poll 10 people around my age and ask them about Joe, Joe Dumars and you said he was a finals MVP, they'd all say he wasn't a finals MVP. Oh, you know what course. I mean? He, he doesn't have the marketing you know, arm behind yeah. him where today we know when Melo passes Moses Malone on the scoring oh. list immediately and we're, you know, right. <laughs> it, it's a full celebration. So that's Hey, Mitch, I, I just got to throw a name out here at you because yeah. one of the players that I had on our list was the late, great Lynn Bias who never played a game. Never played a game. He was part of that but, draft class with Roy Tarpley. Yes. With Chris Washburn. Um, they called it the dirty draft. We all know, I mean, the tragic story. He never played. Right. He was projected to be walk right in with Larry Bird and continue that Celtic dominance, right? That's what people were talking about. Right. And his, mm. he had, I mean, we, we all saw his career in Maryland. We all thought this is going to be the next big deal, so. I found it it's it's a great testament, a tribute that you put him on there, right? I saw you you put him in after what Ralph Sampson right. based on what he could have done. And it's just um I was a I'll never forget that day where I was. I'm sure you didn't for will never you guys will never forget either if you're around because that basically imagine if that would happen today. I mean, it just rocked everybody's world who was associated one way or another with the NBA. So uh, tragic, tragic uh, deal, but it's a nice thing for a nice gesture of your part, BJ, to put him on this team. Mm. Hey guys, real quickly, I just want to throw out a couple of names and stuff and see if they would have you guys had them. Uh, Connie Hawkins, Bobby Jones, mm. uh, some of these guys and stuff like that that played in that ABA, David Thompson, that were synonymous with so much success in that ABA that clearly you know, don't even get mentioned about that. You don't, when you think about some of these other guys, like Bobby Jones, I believe it was nine times, eight time first team all NBA defensively. You know, he's not on the 50 or the 75. The secretary of defense, yeah. <laughs> Connie Hawkins, who I know, obviously we all know had the issue with the NBA, but I mean, this guy was unbelievable. You know. I mean, in Skywalker, I mean, he beats John Wooden's team in UCLA when they had won, what, eight or seven or eight straight titles, and, and that team is unbelievable with Monty Tao, and then he goes to the ABA and is a star, and Michael Jordan looks up to David Thompson, and he's the one who brings him into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys like that, too, where they, they're, they're impact. If we talk about Reggie Miller impacting Stephen Curry, then David Thompson obviously gets that same kind of tip of the cap impacting Michael Jordan, so... It, it's it's a hard conversation because there's so many guys. I mean, even yeah, Connie Hawkins is like a playground legend, right? I mean, if you go around New York City and start talking about Connie Hawkins, yep. you know, everybody knows. What's um, fine is. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. This is uh, this has been a great time. We appreciate you, Mitch. We appreciate you, Gerald, for coming in and sharing your knowledge and, uh, and talking through this list. Uh, BJ, is there anything else before we get out of here? 
Well, we just want to say a special thanks to both of these gentlemen and let us know where we can find you guys. Serious yes. Radio, Gerald, Mitch, they always are so kind to have me on their show on the weekend. But where can we find you guys, your Twitter, Instagram, and all of that? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go um, I'll go first. I'm, I'm on Saturdays, and sometimes you can hear me on all the other channels. I'm on this week. You can catch me on Mad Dog Sports Radio doing the nightcap, which is the West Coast show, 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from time to time. Uh, Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sirius XM NBA Radio. And uh, I'm at Gerald BLSS on Twitter and G Brown Sports on Instagram. I have to tweet and get on Instagram a little bit more. And I'm always sometimes <laughs> have the pleasure to be joined by this gentleman, Mr. Mr. Lawrence. But uh, most of the other times I'm with that guy that you know what the, the model, he's the stand in model for Jenny Craig. Um, <laughs> Rick Mahorn. That's right. I said it. <laughs> And I, I, I do fill in occasionally for Rick Mahorn. who's a great guy. We've known him for years. Um, and I'm at Mitch underscore Lawrence. That's my Twitter handle. And in terms of – they refer to me as like Lou Williams at Sirius because I do a bunch of – I run in off the bench for people filling in. Friday I'll be on the starting lineup this Friday morning, starting lineup 7 a.m. Eastern time to 10 with Frank Isola. I'll be filling in for – Brian Scalabrini. Oh, nice. So I'm just, nice. just, just have to uh, tune in and catch me, but hopefully I'll be back with you, Gerald, because we always have a great time, especially when Gerald starts kicking off the nonsense hour. <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I well, have you have it's a great thing. You guys did a great, great project. Congratulations. Yes, indeed. Of course. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. And uh, thanks again so much for coming on. All right. Guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitch.